Hello and welcome to Crafts with an Edge, the creative podcast that explores the edgier side of life. Hey everyone, it's your host, Carolyn Edge, and I'm so excited you're here today. I hope that wherever you are, you're having a safe and happy Thanksgiving week. We decided not to do anything this Thanksgiving. We had decided ahead of time not to go see extended family for Thanksgiving, and we were going to go camping, but we neglected to make plans in time, and all the campsites around got booked up, so we're just having a a low-key hangout week at home. Um, We regressed here in Austin to stage four restrictions, stage four out of five, uh, with COVID cases going up as well, so... We just kind of feel like it's not really the best time to be seeing family. But if you are, I hope you're staying safe and healthy. I said it's kind of a low-key week here, but (laughs) really it just never stops because we're ramping up into the holidays and I've got a lot of really exciting things coming up. Uh, A couple dates to tell you about before we get started. As I hope you've heard, I'm now hosting workshops to learn paper quilling, and I've got two coming up that you can sign up for. On December 5th, we're making these cute little cards that say Merry and Bright, and they've got little uh, Christmas lights that we'll do in paper quilling around them. And then um, on December 12th, we're making snowflake ornaments, and these are super cool. I use really thick cardstock and I was showing them to some people and they were like, is that metal? What it they couldn't believe that it was paper. So um, I'll take you step by step on how to make each of these things. Uh, all of my workshops come with a kit of supplies sent straight to you. So you don't have to worry about getting anything on your own other than things like scissors that you probably have on hand. And because of that component with the supply kit, uh, the registration is usually closed about a week before each event. So for the December 5th Merriam Bright cards, the last day to register is November 29th. So that is right around the corner. And for December 12th, the last day to register is December 6th so that I can make sure to get all those supplies out to you on time. And since we're talking about holidays and dates and all of that coming up, I want to let you know too about some deadlines that I have for ordering gifts from me. If you're thinking of ordering something from me for a holiday gift, I love creating something unique for people to give someone a really one-of-a-kind, unique work of art that you can't find at Target or Bed Bath & Beyond. I can take commissions with something really specific for someone that you have in mind. I also have a collection of artwork that's sort of in my regular rotation, and you can see that on my website, edgecraftatx.com. But my paper quilling art takes a really long time to make. My processing time on each piece is one to two weeks. So because of that, the last day to order handmade paper quilling art from me in order to guarantee shipment by Christmas, is December 5th. Whew, that is coming up right around the corner, so be sure to send me a message. You can do that on my website. There's a commissions tab and a place where you can submit an inquiry. You're also totally welcome to message me on Facebook or Instagram. My handle is edgecraftatx. Um, And then just another quick note is that if you're looking to order prints or cards or things like that, the last day to order those from me are December 15th. And speaking of prints and cards, I'm having a Black Friday sale. It's going on this Friday, the 27th through Monday, the 30th. All of my prints and cards are going to be 20% off. You don't need a special code or anything. They will just be marked down in my shop. 
Um, and then the last option that I have, if you're looking for gifts for the holidays, you're welcome to gift one of these workshops to a friend or family member. I love giving experiences, not just things. So if you order one of these workshops, just make sure the correct shipping address is in there. Leave a comment or send me a message if you want to make sure that it's totally clear exactly where the kit is going. Um, I'm a really big fan of doing this sort of thing. When I get gifts for my nieces and nephews. I feel like we are all just inundated with stuff. But to give someone the gift of an experience of learning a new skill and getting to create something, I think is so fun. So those are basically the three options that I have for holiday gifts. I've got handmade paper quilling art. The deadline again for that is December 5th. Prints and cards of my work, which the deadline is December 15th. And then workshops, which you can purchase anytime. However, the deadline is the week before the event, so I can get the kits out on time. And I'm already starting to put workshops in January and February, so that if you are thinking of buying one as a gift, there are some coming up in the future. All right, let's get on to our chat with Sarah Logan today. If you didn't hear the episode last week, I kind of talked a little bit about uh, a little preface to these episodes, a little background here is that uh, when I was starting my podcast, I initially had the idea to do a monthly theme. And the first theme I picked was toxic positivity. And I recorded three episodes for that and then decided that the monthly theme was starting to feel like a trap <laughs> rather than something that set me up for success and that made sense for myself and my audience. So I ditched the idea of a monthly theme and went with a more broader theme for the podcast. But these episodes that I had are so, so good. I had Rachel's recorded last week and I have Sarah's recorded. She has some amazing gems to share with you. So even though I ditched that monthly theme, the content still 100% applies to all the things that I'm talking about on Crafts with an Edge, which is about stepping into your most badass self. It's about living your life with full authenticity. And we do talk a little bit in this episode about how art and music and bringing all those sort of elements into your healing process can help you process and deal with those emotions that sometimes feel a little bit big and scary. So I'm really excited to introduce you to Sarah. She is an artist, a singer, an actor. She's also a Reiki healer, which is amazing. And she has a YouTube channel where she's sharing her journey of healing that she's on and inviting you to go with her on that journey. She's all around incredible, and I can't wait to share our chat with you. Here she is. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing really good. Um, so thanks for joining me today. Uh, would you take a second to just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so my, my name is Sarah. I am 38, wife and mother, living in Sacramento, California. Mm -hmm. I am a uh, performer and artist. I sing and dance and act and do arts and crafts. Mm -hmm. And I'm also a YouTuber. I just started my YouTube channel about five months ago, and I have fallen in love with it. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So today we're, we're talking about toxic positivity. And as we've talked about in previous episodes, we're not saying that positivity is bad or that optimism is bad, but that uh, positivity can become toxic when we don't let ourselves handle our difficult emotions or experiences and instead we put on this mask of positivity and then we never deal with the things that we're <laughs> needing to deal with. So um, Sarah, you have a lot of personal 
connection with this. Would you share your experience around this topic? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I was a very happy child. I was a performer back then. I would dance around the living room and I was always sticking up for people. And I was generally just known to be a very happy person. Mm -hmm. um, if you asked anybody that I went to school with, they would just say, oh, Sarah's just, you're always so happy. How do you be so happy all the time? And you're just so positive and so chipper and shiny and bright and happy. And that's great. Mm -hmm. And then unfortunately, over time, I, I took that role on a lot harder than I needed to. And I was afraid to do anything outside of that label mm. um, for fear that if I did, people wouldn't like me anymore. Um, mm. There have been times when I would, when I would make, make a little snarky comment to somebody or I would swear. <laughs> Heaven forbid. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> and everyone just, just all shock and awe. Just, oh my God, Sarah, I can't yeah. believe you said that. Or even if I just showed up to school one day in a not so great mood, everyone just thought that the world was falling apart because I was upset about something. Mm -hmm. And so I learned that, or at least I taught myself that it was better to just keep the mask up and keep everybody around me comfortable mm -hmm. rather than rather than risk losing their favor I suppose mm -hmm. or their approval and um, this whole experience was only compounded by the fact that during my high school years my mother went through a really really deep depression and I was her shoulder I was her main mode of support. I was the one she confided in. Mm. And even though I, at the time, as a teenager, as we all do, was going through so many new emotions and so many feelings and so much growth and change, but felt like I couldn't talk to her about any of it mm. because I didn't want to bring her down any further than she was. Mm -hmm. Even if something she was doing was upsetting me, I couldn't talk about it because I didn't want to hurt her. Yeah. Uh, and so I just, I had developed this shell of positivity while underneath things just kept getting deeper and deeper and my emotions just became more and more suppressed. Mm -hmm. And this, this like it snowballed and snowballed until I, I didn't know who I was anymore. I was so busy keeping up this mask and not dealing with the emotions inside me that mm -hmm. at one point my whole life just imploded. Oh, wow. So I was a really good kid all throughout school. I never, I didn't smoke, I didn't drink, I didn't go mm -hmm. to parties, I didn't do any of those things. And um, after high school, I think, I think all those years of keeping everything inside me, everything just started to manifest itself into mm. self-destructive behaviors okay. and um, over the next five years or so I just I gradually descended and spiraled down and down and down and down mm -hmm. uh, until I hit rock bottom about the age of 25 and the funny thing is nobody knew mm. I had gotten so good at keeping up appearances and uh -huh. keeping up this positive image 
Yeah. No one knew that I was literally destroying myself. Wow. Behind the scenes. Yeah. So when I was 25, um, it was, it was the darkest point of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, after so many years of gradually just going downhill and not talking about it, um, I ended up getting my third DUI oh, wow. and actually getting sent to jail for 75 days. Mm. Wow. And it was, it was altogether the absolute rock bottom of my life mm-hmm. and the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Because at that time I was so, I was so caught up in my spiral and no one knew how deep it all was. Um, most of the people in my life didn't even know I had another DUI. Like I, I was able to keep that from people mm-hmm. and keep up that perfect image. Yeah. Um, people at work thought I was just a rock star. Like daytime, mm. I was just poster girl for, for awesomeness. Uh-huh. Um, and there would be some nights late at night. I remember sitting in my car and just asking God to just stop the world for a minute. Mm. Just stop the world so I can let down this guard so I can stop this charade and just have some time. I just needed time to figure out who I was, what I was doing, and I just needed time. Mm-hmm. And I got it mm-hmm. <laughs> in the most ironic way possible. I got it. And it was during that time that I, I was really able to meet myself in my sadness. Mm -hmm. I was actually able to process a lot of the feelings, process how I'd gotten there. Mm -hmm. And afterward, everything changed. After I came out, we were in a, uh, a DUI class because they always make you take a class. Um, mm-hmm. And our instructor asked us to make a list of the most important people in our lives. Mm-hmm. And everyone went around and read their list. And everyone's like, my kids, my husband, my best friend. And the number one person on my list was me. Mm. And most of the people in the class just went, oh. <laughs> oh, I hadn't even thought about that. And what I had realized is that the reason I had gotten myself into that, that position is because I wasn't making myself important. Mm. I had been putting on this mask for everybody. Mm-hmm. I had been denying my own feelings for so long and putting myself on the back burner for so long just to mm-hmm. maintain this image for the people around me Yeah, that I had just, completely fallen apart and it's it's been since then that I have that I that I've made I've made my feelings important Mm -hmm. I have made the wholeness of me more important Mm -hmm. recognizing that yes there is sadness inside me yes I have all these feelings yes dark tragic things have happened to me and that's Mm -hmm. all me and I don't need to hide it yeah I think that whole revelation was a, was a fairly gradual process. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually don't think I really understood that fully 
until about two years after that. So that was 2007 uh -huh. that all uh -huh. that happened. And after that, I, I kind of, I kind of struggled. I kind of struggled with, with like getting, actually making the changes. Um, Cause it was after I, after I had that like two and a half months of alone time to think mm -hmm. when you get back into the world again, uh -huh. all of those triggers start popping up in your life. Mm. And I, um, I ended up getting into a relationship with somebody who it was interesting cause they didn't really see the good parts of me and not that those things weren't there. Like yeah. I, I'll say it. Yes, I am. I am a good and kind and loving person. I'm a good hard worker and I'm a great daughter. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but I, I got with, I got with somebody who didn't see those things. Uh -huh. And I think that it triggered something in me. And I got to this point where I realized, no, 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 no. I am worthy. I am worth having a wonderful life. Mm -hmm. I am worth moving forward in the fullness of who I am. Yes, I have this this dark past, but I also have these wonderful attributes to me. Yeah, and those absolutely. things go together and make me a whole person. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be with you anymore. And I'm going to go and live my wonderful life now. Yeah. And I think that relationship was actually the turning point because it, it, uh. it was the last straw. It was the last time that I allowed myself to accept less than I deserve. It was the last moment before I really decided to accept myself fully and move on. Yeah, that's, and you know, sometimes I think it, it takes those experiences or those relationships to be that mirror to mm -hmm. ourselves to see, no, wait, this isn't healthy. I am valuable. I am worthy. I am enough. So what did that look like? I, you know, I love, it sounds like after that, you kind of stepped fully into yourself. So what was that? What was the transformation like for you? That, that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, I was looking at a journal a while back um, and I had, it was, it was, I think the night, the first night I had moved out of the, the house we rented together. And it was my first night in my very own little studio apartment mm -hmm. by myself. And I, I was reading it and I wrote in there, I said, this is the age of Sarah. <laughs> like, mm. it, 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 was, it was instantaneous. It was, it was such a decision. It was such a conscious choice. Leaving that relationship was finally leaving all of that behind. Mm -hmm. All of that trying to fit a version of myself into somebody else's life, trying to meet somebody else's expectations of me. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time that I really chose myself. Mm -hmm. And I'd always wanted a place of my own, always. Mm -hmm. um, I'd always wanted to move to a new place, to a new town, and it was happening. It was finally happening and I called it the age of Sarah and I just started living. I just started living for myself. There was nobody else to influence me. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the people that I was meeting had no idea who I was. Yeah. So I could actually just show up fully as myself 
Mm-hmm. Um, I remember people that I had only known, like coworkers and friends that I had only known for a year or two. And I'd tell them straight up my whole dark history, things that I would never say years prior to anyone. Yeah. Things you would have seen behind that mask. Yes. Lest I, lest I tarnish that image they have of me. But now here Mm -hmm. I am. I'm like, guess what? I'm showing up. It's me. All the dark and light and beautiful and tragic parts. Hello. Yeah. (laughs) And it was liberating. It was Mm -hmm. absolutely liberating just to show up as a human being. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like when we show up as our authentic selves and we step into our light, people respond to that with like reciprocal authenticity and respect. Like usually it's not always the case. Uh, but did you find that? How did you find that people responded when you're like, Hey, what's up? I'm Sarah. This is my story. This is who I am. A lot of people, um, were just like, wow, that's really interesting. Uh-huh. It's like, what an interesting person you are. What an interesting life you've had. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh God. I don't want to hang out with you anymore. It wasn't like, really? Who did that? It was just, wow. And then they would tell me something about themselves that Mm -hmm. they don't really say to a lot of people. And they basically just told me like they, they can be themselves around me. They feel Mm. comfortable around me. Like suddenly they can let their guard down and how much they appreciated me just being so open and vulnerable. And generally the response was just, ah, thank you for saying things. People just, people appreciate when you're honest. People appreciate when you're real because it gives them permission to do it. Yeah. We all hold on to so much just because we're afraid of what people might think. Yeah. And when we meet someone who's able to let their guard down in that way, then suddenly it's a party. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, here, you have shit too? Okay, well, here's my shit. And like, (laughs) open and like, appreciate that about each other. It's a shit party. Exactly. (laughs) But like when, when we hide, it makes other people feel like they have to hide too. So like, yeah, other people close off. But when we open up, usually other people will open up too. And it just creates more and more openness. Whatever we give, we receive, right? Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of the sting away from it too. Just, just talking about it with somebody else. Like Mm -hmm. when I, after talking about it with people, it became easier to talk about. Mm -hmm. And it never, it started to become less of a point of shame Mm -hmm. and more just, I'm able to look at it more objectively Mm -hmm. and just say, Hey, yeah, this is something that happened and this is why it happened. And this is how it affected me. And here's where I am now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, the more we talk about it, the easier it is to talk about it. Yeah. And I think that helps us process it and gives us some distance and some perspective and helps us see how, like you're saying, we are a whole human. And I think that's very different than like when you're really into like the thick of stuff. And if you're laying this on strangers, it's like when you haven't like fully processed it and integrated it, it, it can yeah. be messy. But when you're like, this is a thing that happened and I went through this and I learned and I'm better and here I am. And I think that's like empowering to people that they know that they can have a similar journey with their, whatever they've gone through doesn't have to hold on and define them. It's like, you can move on and that's a part of your story, but it doesn't define you. I know. Yeah. 
So what about today? You have, um, I love on your YouTube channel, I was watching some of your tactics for uh, processing difficult emotions. I don't know if you want to talk some about that or like what practices do you have to shed those old habits of toxic positivity and step into your authentic self? So, uh, yes, I do have some tools. Um, one of the, one of the biggest tools in any sort of emotional toolbox, I think, is self-awareness. And it definitely takes practice and it takes um, spending time with yourself mm -hmm. and just paying attention to your habits and paying attention to what triggers you, what different emotions pop up when things happen. But um, being self-aware is one of the most incredible things that anyone can develop. Because when you are self-aware, you notice when your emotions shift. Mm -hmm. You notice when you feel different. Like I can wake up in the morning and go, oh, I'm having a weird day today. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know what it is and I don't know what it's, where it's coming from, but I feel off today. Mm -hmm. And from that place, I can make better decisions. I will tell my partner, hey, I'm just letting you know, I'm feeling a little weird today. Mm -hmm. So it's not you. I mm -hmm. don't know what's going on, but I might be a little quiet or eh, I just want you to know. I think it's really important, especially if you're living with somebody, mm -hmm. to communicate when you're feeling icky. Mm -hmm. um, even if you don't know what it is. Yeah. Because then you're not, you're not passing it on to them and they're not feeling like they did something wrong mm -hmm. or feeling like they have to walk on eggshells. It also gives, puts them in a place of agency. So if they can, they can support you if they mm -hmm. want, they can just give you a nice big hug. Um, but self-awareness, paying attention to when your feelings pop up, when they shift, communicating your feelings to people, whether you know what it is or not. Mm -hmm. and um, and then taking time, whether that's five minutes where you just need to sit in quiet and mm -hmm. breathe, whether you need to sit and journal, whether you need to go for a walk, whatever it is for you, mm -hmm. take a little bit of time to just to yourself mm -hmm. and let whatever needs to come up, come up. Um, I think a lot of times we're very quick to distract ourselves. Mm -hmm. When we're in a bad mood, I see it all the time on Facebook. So many friends of mine are like, I'm having a bad day. Share funny memes. Like, <laughs> I just want to type, go talk to someone. Yeah. <laughs> or just, here's a funny meme. Get off Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think, I think social media just makes it worse. If you're in a bad mm. mood, don't, don't. Yeah. Yeah. Media. It just yeah. confuses your brain. It confuses oh. your heart. Uh -huh. um, it's hard to do, but yeah, mm -hmm. take time for yourself and let what is going to come up, come up. Yeah. If something like, if some really heavy feelings are coming up, I will actually schedule out myself what I call a cry date. Uh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I will schedule a cry date. It'll be uh, like, some, sometimes, it, sometimes it can't happen for a couple days. If my schedule's uh -huh. really busy, I'll just be like, okay. Okay, feelings. I hear you. I feel you. 
just just give me like a couple days Tuesday night it's on yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's got to be a time when you know you can be alone you're not going to be bothered by anyone um sometimes I'll, I'll pick out a movie that I know is going to trigger some feelings mm-hmm. or I will get a playlist full of just really sad songs and yeah. I will purposely trigger the tears to come out yeah yeah just taking the time to let the emotions run through you yeah it there's such a relief afterward yeah I love this I want to talk a little bit more about this if we could because this is part of what I'm digging into with uh, my brand that I'm I've I've found this sort of thing to be like a really effective tool for me in the past and I love to bring art into those like sad moments because sometimes it can feel like really scary to just sit there and be like, okay, what am I, I'm going to sit here and cry. Like, okay, well that I've got, I'm like left alone with myself and that sounds terrifying, but art is like so powerful in helping us process that. And I love that you mentioned music or a movie and like all of those are forms of art. And I think those can be really powerful um, for helping us figure it out. But I, I also love bringing art into it to like create something and like bypass the language part of the brain and just like get mm-hmm. something out. I find that to be like the most effective thing. And I, a, a lot of the things that I'm creating came from my own past. So when I, I went through a, a divorce in 2016 and like part of what I did was I created an art journal to help me process that. And mm-hmm. I would like sit there and I would, I made a playlist. I still have it. it was, and I called the playlist let go because it was to help me like let go of all this. And it was sad songs that were going to help me sit there and be sad. And I get some wine and I get some watercolors and I would, sometimes I would journal, I would write, but other times I would just paint in the journal. And like, that's all I could muster. Mm-hmm. And that was enough. And I would feel so much better after doing that. But it was also like scheduling those times or setting aside, even if I didn't pre-schedule it, like just setting aside that time and dedicating it to like, this is my sad time would help me then sort of compartmentalize that then, okay, the next morning I can go to work and be a functioning adult. Cause uh-huh. if, I, if I didn't get that out, I would go to work and I'd still be holding that. And I'd be like, I'm trying to like do my job and I can't even function. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to. And even, even just um, knowing that you're going to make time for it, mm-hmm. um, it helps to sort of calm the monster down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because when, I mean, when those emotions pop up, it's just, they're just trying to be heard. There's something that's, that's just like, hi, hey, Hey, yeah. <laughs> attention, please. And mm-hmm. if, if, even if you can just say, okay, just, just give me like 24 hours and yeah. we're going to hang out, then it's just, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love this like personification. I can see this like little emotion inside of you. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't, if you just keep ignoring it and keep pushing it aside, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when, when my little girl wants, wants to tell me something or wants to play, but I'm busy. And I, yeah. I keep saying like, in a minute, in a minute, in a minute, in a minute. And she just gets louder and louder. And then she just like <laughs> pees in her pants for no yeah. reason because I'm not paying attention to her. Oh my gosh. Like if we don't pay attention to our emotions, they're just going to start getting louder and they're yeah. just going to start affecting our daily lives and affecting mm-hmm. our ability to function. 
And I honestly think that when we slip into those moments of depression, uh-huh. um, chemical imbalances aside, um, it's because we've ignored our feelings for too long. Mm-hmm. There's been so many op- op- opportunities to address our emotions and address the sadness that's coming up, and we keep pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down, then it just sort of piles up on top of itself. Yeah. Until we don't know what it is anymore. Yeah. We know we're sure. sad. We know we're hurting, but we can't figure it out and we can't figure a way out of it just because we we're living in it at that point mm-hmm. where it's just, it's just part of how we are. Yeah. And I think one of the greatest ironies around this whole topic is that the goal is some level of happiness or peace or calm or, you know, whatever that positive emotion that feels like we're going through the world and all is good. So when the negative things come up, we think the way to get to that is to not deal with the negative, the unpleasant Mm -hmm. feelings. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, no, we want happiness instead. And it's like so paradoxical that really the only way out is through that. Like when we don't deal with the unpleasant feeling we are stuck in it and then when we do feel it then we can get to that place of happiness wholeness peace it's like it's ironic almost it it really is and i i get i get really annoyed um a lot of people are talking about the law of attraction now and abraham hicks i don't know if you if you heard of them Mm -mm. um they they talk a lot about um they talk a lot about like, oh, well, there's this problem or this, these negative feelings. Oh, don't look over there. Look over here. Mm -hmm. Don't look over there. Look over here. I'm like, okay, well, while I'm busy looking over here, that's still over there. Uh (laughs) And if I don't, if I don't at least acknowledge it, it's still going to be there. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think people don't really understand or realize that emotions um, I can't remember who said this. Emotions are like visitors. Yeah. They come for a time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they stay for, for a snack. Sometimes mm-hmm. they stay overnight. Sometimes they stay for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. but they always move on. Mm-hmm. They always move on. No feeling ever just stays there. Yeah. And you, you've got to meet it where it is so you can move forward. Yeah. And I think, I think real positivity comes from a confidence and assuredness that I'm meeting my own needs when they arise. Mm-hmm. It, it's not this fake thing that you put up a front in front of everybody. It's, it's knowing that like, yes, life is good. Mm-hmm. And occasionally stuff's going to come up and I'm going to meet it where it is. And I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it's real positivity is knowing that the emotions don't last. It's knowing that the bad times don't linger forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As long as we can greet it and say what's up and then say peace out. Yeah. And I think that um, it's, it's interesting to see now that I've become so comfortable with my feelings. Mm-hmm how um how uncomfortable other people 
can be with my feelings. Mm. Um, just for, for example, I, in the past year or so, I, I really came to a, I really came to a place where I can say when I'm having a, when I'm not in a good place, like even just mm. at work, um, like I'll walk into work and say, guys, just like I do with my husband, like I'm have, I'm in a weird place today. So I'm sorry if mm. it comes out at you. Most of the time we're like, most of the time, like, I didn't, I didn't notice anything. <laughs> like, well, cool. <laughs> Great. But, or, or when somebody asks, Hey, how are you? I'm going to be honest. Like, yeah. well, I'm, I'm having a rough time right now mm-hmm. and not unload on them, but just be honest. I'm having yeah. a rough time right now. But there was a, there was a moment at work last year where, um, like my husband and I had tickets to go to the Haunted Mansion 50th anniversary party, which is like a dream, a literal dream of mine. (laughs) And so that was coming up in like the next week or so. And there was, that was this amazing thing. But also I was in the middle of, I was in the middle of a lot of heavy stuff that year. I was still going through a lot of changes and really confused about who I was. Mm -hmm. Um, Motherhood does that to you. (laughs) <laughs> but, but um I was at work and a, a coworker of mine said, "Oh, hey Sarah, how's it going?" And I said, "Um, I'm I'm having a kind of a rough time right now." And she goes, "But you're going to Disneyland, right?" Like, oh gosh. <laughs> and it just it just made me want to stop talking to her. I was just yeah. like, "Yeah. Well, uh. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know what to say. I felt like I felt like, and then I started to question my own feelings. Like, should I not be upset right now because Uh I'm going to Disneyland next week? (laughs) Like, should, should I, should I ignore everything else? Am am I being ungrateful for the fact that I'm, Uh, (laughs) I started to question my own emotions. And then I went, no, no, this is just somebody else who is uncomfortable with me being honest. Mm Mm-hmm. And that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. I can, I can be sad and excited at the same time. Yes. I can, I can be yeah. sad about what's happening and super stoked that I'm going to Disneyland next week. Yeah. They, they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's like we're evolved com- complex humans and we can feel more than one emotion at the same time. Like that's, that's life. That's humanity. And it's like, to make you question your own reality and question your own experience and question whether you should be feeling that way. That's the, like the toxicity yeah. that we talk about in this. And over time, and especially like your story, it seems like that was your life for 25 years. And that can be so detrimental if it's constant, right? It was. And so when, when I had finally reached this point where I decided to just not be that way anymore, and I'm just going to be honest about how I'm feeling. And then anytime somebody can't handle it, it sends me back into that place. Like, Oh God, yeah. Do I, <laughs> like, yeah. let me put up happy Sarah really quick right. <laughs> to make this person comfortable. Yeah. But that, that's just not going to work for me anymore. Uh-uh. I, I don't think it can work for anybody really. So I, I love hearing all your, your tools and how you've learned to just step into your own badassery. You've stepped into your own authenticity, into your light. It's so encouraging because 
we're all hiding under masks. And well, now with COVID, that feels even more <laughs> an analogy, right? <laughs> so everyone keep wearing your physical masks and take off your emotional masks. <laughs> yes. yes, keep on your physical mask, remove your emotional mask. Yes. So where can we find you on the YouTubes and the inter internets and the social medias? Yes, on the YouTubes, I am at Pearls and Ivy. And on the Instagrams, I am also at Pearls and Ivy. Yes, Pearls underscore and underscore Ivy. Gotcha. Awesome. I also have a Facebook group, Pearls and Ivy. You're welcome to join. It's all under the same name. Keep it Great. easy. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Pearls and Ivy. I will put all of that in the show notes so that y'all can find her. Go check out Sarah. She's amazing. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. This was awesome. So that was amazing. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us today. Uh, here are the key takeaways from our chat. Number one, your path to healing starts with self-awareness, recognizing when you're feeling a little bit out of sorts, and then communicating that clearly with those who are around you. Number two, take time to yourself to let those emotions come up rather than distracting yourself on social media or just ignoring them and pushing them down. Number three, schedule a cry date if you're dealing with something really huge. Incorporate music or art or dancing or a movie if that feels a little bit overwhelming and trigger those tears to come if you need to. Number four, keep wearing your physical masks. It's 2020, y'all. <laughs> we still got to slow the spread of that virus, but take off your metaphorical mask. When you step into your authenticity and when you share your more authentic self, it gives other people permission to do the same. Thanks for listening today. Once again, check out paper cooling art, prints, cards, and workshops on my website, edgecraftatx.com. Those prints and cards are on sale 20% off for Black Friday from Friday the 27th through Monday the 30th. DM me, send me a message on my website if you have any questions or if you're looking for something really special to give someone for the holidays. I hope you'll have a great Thanksgiving and I will see you next week.